Welcome to the Caleb Schaefer Podcast. We're so glad to have you join us today. Pastor Caleb is a graduate of the World Harvest Bible College, as well as Ohio Christian University. And his desire is to share the love of God with a lost and dying world. Prepare to be challenged and encouraged today through the study of God's Word. Now let's listen in to today's episode with our host, Caleb Schaefer. Hebrews chapter 11, one verse. One verse. Hebrews 11 and 6. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Father God, we thank you for your word tonight. God, your word is true. Your word is sharp. Your word is quick. And God, tonight, we pray that your word would be a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. God, that you would show us exactly how we are to live, how we are to breathe, God, how we are to go about our life. God, it's not just about being saved, but God, it's about having the power that you have offered to us. So God, tonight, I pray that you would endue us all with that power, that Holy Ghost power, and God, you would spark our faith to believe for the impossible to be made possible in Jesus' name. God, tonight we thank you for your word. We ask that you would open our ears and open our hearts to it in this place. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen, you could be seated tonight. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. But he that comes to God, first of all, you got to believe God is you got to believe that God is. God is who he says he is. He will do what he said he would do. And then you've got to believe God that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. We spoke this morning about the paralytic man who, who they didn't stop when they saw that there were obstacles, but they diligently pursued Jesus. And they diligently pursued him enough to where they dug a hole through someone else's roof uh, and stuck that man down through and Jesus said your faith uh, has made you whole take up your mat uh, and go home and tonight I want to tell you that faith is required of us Uh, you can't just come to church Uh, you can't just go about your day as you normally do we are on a different level right now we have reached a different level in the United States and in the world we have reached a different playing field if you will and in the spirit and in the natural, and we got to step up our game. We got to step it up. We've got to step it up. And I truly believe that if we will diligently seek Him, the rewards are there. He has already promised us certain things. He has already given to us certain things. If we will diligently seek him, we will see the rewards that he talks about. But how far are we willing to go? How diligent are we willing to be? How much are we willing to pursue God? How much of your time are you willing to sacrifice to diligently pursue God? How much of your effort are you willing to give to diligently pursue God? And this this passage of scripture talks about faith. It talks about belief. But I believe that it's a deeper thing than just saying, oh, I believe in this. I believe it's different than just saying, I I believe what God says is true. I believe we actually have to begin to step out and receive it. We actually have to begin to step out and take hold of it. We can't just read it and say, yeah, I'll take that. I'll take the miracles. I'll take the signs and wonders. We got to step out and grab a hold of it. 
Faith without works is dead. And so in order for us to see the things that we're believing to see, we've got to put some action with our words. We've got to put some action with the things that we say we believe. And tonight, I want to talk to you about setting the tone for the miraculous. Setting the tone for the miraculous. God desires that every single church in the United States of America and around the world hunger and thirst for things from him. And this includes expecting miracles to happen. This includes expecting miracles to happen. One of the problems in the church that we, that we face today in the modern day church is that we don't expect God to do things. We don't place a demand on the anointing. We don't place a demand on the Holy Ghost. And a lot of the time, what church people do is just like good church people, they come to church, they're on time, maybe a little late here, they're on time, and they come to church, and they sit in the pew, and they they go through the church service, and then after the church service, they leave, and they feel like they've fulfilled their obligation to God for the week. They feel like they've done what they needed to do for the week in order to stay saved or to still get to heaven. They feel like they've done what they needed to do but we have all got to change our minds we've got to have a paradigm shift in the church we've got to have a paradigm shift in the body of Christ today because God wants to give us so much more and there is so much more available to you than just being saved there's so much more available to you than just going to heaven there is so much more available to you than just coming to church and going back home and getting a feel-good message and having a good feeling and having some Christian entertainment once in a while, listening to some K-Love, watching some Pure Flicks, whatever it is, there is so much more to the Christian life because God said that we were to go into the world and we were to have power. I love that verse. That I think it was Abby that read it tonight, that they are, we're, we're to have signs and wonders following us. We're to have signs and wonders following us. And do you know why Jesus said that? Do you know why Jesus said these signs shall follow them that believe? Jesus said that to the disciples because he wanted them to have something to back up their story. Can you imagine the disciples having a story? We follow this man named Jesus. He was crucified by the Romans. He died and he rose again on the third day. And everybody who they would have told that story to probably said, well, that's a nice story, but it's never happened before. We've never seen a man raised from the dead before. And now you're telling me he went to heaven? He just floated up into the clouds? But 
when they had signs and wonders following, when people saw that there were healings following, when they saw that there were miracles following, they said there's something to this. They must be telling the truth. And today, we are in no different of a situation because a lot of the world believes that God isn't even real. A lot of the world believes that God doesn't even exist. A lot of the world believes that God did exist, maybe, and he's dead. A lot of the world believes a lot differently than we do. But when we have the signs and the wonders following us, when we walk on serpents, when we drink deadly things and they do not harm us, when people are healed, when people are set free, that's when the world looks and says there's something to this. They're they're telling the truth. There is truth in this. And we've got to get to a point where we just don't accept the mediocre anymore. We don't accept uh, what we've always had anymore. We don't accept the mundane that we always go through. It's not about just being saved and going to heaven. It's about taking as many people to heaven with you as you possibly can. And so I get excited when I see miracles happen in services like we had today. I get excited, but on the other hand, I get a little frustrated that we don't walk in that all the time. That we're not seeing people healed wherever we go, whatever we do. That whenever somebody at our job tells us that they have this and that going on, and we don't stop and, and, and pray and see the miracle happen right there. We shouldn't need people to just come to a, a church service. We shouldn't need people to come to church to get healed. We should be walking and talking miracles in their lives. We should be speaking life to them, and we should be seeing miracles happen wherever we go. We should. And there's proof that people do not believe that God is still working miracles today. There's proof in it. We don't expect the glory of God to fall as we sing praises. Changing our thinking, changing our beliefs, changing how we reason things is what we've got to do. I'm going to ask you, what would, what would happen if we ran a newspaper ad and we got a hold of the Hagerstown stations and, and the Morgantown stations and we got a hold of the Pittsburgh stations and Altoona and Johnstown, Chambersburg, all of the area stations, the TV, radio, what would happen if we ran newspaper ads in every newspaper around and we said, in two weeks, if you get to this building, two weeks from now, every single person who has ever bound will be free, ever been bound will be freed. Every single person who has ever been sick will be healed. Every single person who is in need of anything from God, it's going to happen this day at this time in this building. God can do it. He can do it. But I guarantee you, there would be people who would show up from miles around, who would come, and there would not be one seat left in this place. We would have to run an overflow back in the gym. There would not be one seat if we could guarantee people that God was going to do it on that day at that time. We wouldn't have enough seats for the people that would show up. We'd have to turn people away. There would be people out in the parking lot just looking in the doors. And tonight, I'm here to tell you 
that God is real all the time. He is a miracle worker all the time. And he wants to perform miracles all of the time. Look how many people are in here tonight. If people really believed that God would show up, there wouldn't be one empty seat in this place. People do not realize that the thing is, God can do the impossible at any time. He can do a miracle at any time, and he will work on his own time frame. He doesn't just work on Sunday mornings when you decide to show up. He doesn't just work at certain times, but he works all the time, anytime he wants. God can do whatever he wants, and at any point in a service, there could be a breaking, and God could just pour into this place. God does the unexpected. Can I tell you the story? about Brownsville when it was on Father's Day that they were down there and they were trying to rush through service and they were just trying to get out of there because they knew that people wanted to go and spend time with their families. But all of a sudden, God broke in and he started a revival that lasted for years. They had to have services upon services every single day because the people that were showing up for revival, can I tell you, God can work at any point in time. And so if you're waiting around for a Sunday morning service for God to work, you might miss it you might miss it I spoke about it this morning what if those men had stayed home what if those men had stayed home what if what if Zacchaeus never climbed the tree what if blind Bartimaeus would have listened to the people when they told him to be quiet See, we've got to get a tenacity. We've got to get a hold of it, and we've got to shake it and not let it go. We've got to get a hold of it like an alligator gets a hold of its prey and does not let go. You see, we have got to have the tenacity back in the church for miracles to happen. We've got to get a hold of it, and we've got to believe and not let it go. And believe for it every single time we get together. Believe for it every single day. Every time we walk through those back doors, we should be saying a miracle's going to happen here today. It doesn't matter if it's Monday night. It doesn't matter if it's Wednesday night. It doesn't matter if it's Sunday morning, Sunday night, Friday, Saturday. I believe that a miracle could happen anytime. I believe that we should go around and say a miracle could happen anywhere today. As soon as your feet hit the floor in the morning, a miracle could happen today. I believe it's going to. I believe I'm going to see God move in someone's life today. God, send me somebody to pray for. Send me somebody to minister to today. Send me somebody who's on the verge of a breakdown. Send me somebody who just got a bad diagnosis. Send me somebody who's on the verge of a divorce. Send me somebody. God, I'll be faithful. I'll be faithful to pray for them. It doesn't matter where I'm at. Doesn't matter what I'm doing. It doesn't matter. I'll never forget. There was a time I was going through a rough patch. We all go through ups and downs in life. And I was going through a really rough time. And there was someone that I was supposed to go visit at the hospital. And they weren't there. A lot of the time that happens. We get down to the hospital. So-and-so is supposed to be in the hospital. They're not there. So it's a little frustrating when that happens. But God spoke to me when I was there. And he said, no, you're here for someone else. 
He said, you're here for someone else. And he said, there's going to be a lady in the lobby down there. And I'll never forget. I walked through that area, past the elevators, and there she was. And she was clinging to the rail on the wall, crying. And I said, ma'am, I don't know what you're going through, but I just want to know if I can pray for you today. And she said, please. And I took her hands and I agreed and I prayed and I didn't even stay to see what was going on. I didn't ask her anything, but I believed God that day because he spoke and he said that. And you know what? We could do that. That could be any of us at any time. God has somebody somewhere for you to minister to at any point in time. And we might as well believe for miracles so that people in our tri-state area will know that God is Lord and he is on the throne. And there are a lot of people who don't come to services because they don't believe that something's going to happen there. A lot of people don't come to services. They just think it's going to be another study. They think it's going to be another lesson. They think it's going to be another sermon, and we're all going to sing a few songs and go home. But I believe that God is about to do something different in this place. And we're about to see miracles every time we come through those doors if we expect it. If we begin to expect it. If we begin to place a demand on the anointing of God and say, God, we're believing today is not going to be a normal day. We're tired of normal. I'm tired of normal. I'm tired of normal. I've had enough normal. I've had enough of normal services to last me forever, okay? If I didn't go through another normal service uh, where we just come in and sing a few songs and take up an offering and have a sermon and go, if I don't have another one of them, I'll be good for eternity. I've been in Bible college. I've been in school uh, for, for how to do ministry. And I've, I've gone into church my whole life and I've sat through enough services that I know how it goes. If I don't have another one of them, But if God would break into every single service uh, and just do a miracle, touch somebody's life, uh, but we've got to believe for it. uh, We've got to expect it. uh, Every time we're headed to church, we should be saying, God, I'm waiting on you to do something today. I'm waiting on a miracle today. I'm waiting on somebody to get a breakthrough today. I'm waiting on some change to happen today. And people have got to start believing God for miracles. Can I tell you tonight, God's word does not lie ever. His word doesn't lie ever. And some people don't believe for miracles because they say things like, well, I've never seen one. You've never seen one. Does that mean they don't exist? You believe God for your salvation. Have you ever seen him? The very same God who promised you salvation, that if you believe on his son Jesus and you accept him as your savior, the very same God promised you that you would have miracles and signs and wonders following your life. And if you have the faith to believe for it, it will happen. God's word does not lie ever. Catherine Kuhlman said, if I knew that if I, I knew that if I lived and died and never saw another miracle like the apostles experienced in the book of Acts, it would not change God's word. 
She said, if my meetings stopped happening and I stopped seeing miracles, uh, it would not change God's word. Miracles are a part of God's plan. No matter how many disappointments you think you've had in the past, it does not change God's word. It does not change God's word. Miracles are promised to us. And a lot of the time when we get disappointed because we don't see a miracle happen the way that we thought it should happen, it was because we wanted it to happen a certain way and God decided he was going to work it another way. God is on the throne. We are not. And I thank him for that. I thank him that I'm not on the throne. I thank him for that. Because when you're on the throne, listen, when you're in charge of something, you get all the complaints. If you're in charge of something, everybody's looking at you. When it goes good, they're looking at you. And when it goes bad, they're looking at you. And if I was on the throne, there'd be a lot of people that just went, I'd like that pillar of salt thing. But I thank God that he's on the throne. I thank him that he's on the throne. And just because you've been disappointed, because you didn't see a miracle, the the way that you thought it should happen, does not change God's word. You see, God works as he will, how he will, when he will, and he promised us miracles. So just because you've never seen one does not mean that it is not true. Just because it didn't happen the way that you thought it should does not mean that God's word has changed. His word is true. Miracles are for us. They are for now, and they are available. Have you ever seen the wind? It's windy outside right now. Have you ever seen it? You see the effects of it. You see the dust blowing around. You see the leaves blowing around. But you don't see the wind. Do you not believe the wind exists? The power of God's the same way. We don't see the power, but we see the effects of it. We see the miracles. We see the scans. We see the reports. We see the people set free saying, you know what? I was addicted to that, but now I don't have any desire for it. I was addicted. I was bound up by that, but I don't have any desire for it anymore. My whole life has changed. I was, I had this sickness. I had this disease, but now they're looking and they said they can't find anything. The power of God is available to us today. Smith Wigglesworth said, I would rather die trusting God than live in unbelief. God will use the realm of the miraculous to defeat the devil and draw the lost. All this means that just because you don't see a manifestation, because you haven't seen a manifestation the way that you thought it would, or you haven't seen a manifestation at all, that does not mean that God is not still working and he is not still doing something. We want God to work on our timeline all the time. We want God to work and set people free and deliver. Hey, God used to, Jesus used to wait till people were dead and gone and then he'd go visit. You want somebody healed right away. There are people getting raised from the dead today. There are. There are people getting raised from the dead today. But we've got a hunger for that which is real. The absence of miracles should not create disappointment. It should create hunger. 
The absence of miracles should not create disappointment. It should create hunger. If you didn't see a miracle that you were believing for, it shouldn't make you mad at God. It should make you say, God, I got to press in more. I got to find you. I got to get to that secret place. I got to get into the cleft of the rock. I've got to get to where I'm walking side by side with you. And when you speak, I listen. And when you say something, I do it. God, I want to live in such communion with you that when I pray, God, it's as near as the sound of my voice. God, you hear and you're right there and you answer. The last thing that we need to do in life is settle for anything less than God's best. God's people being content without the miraculous works right into the devil's plan. Us being content without seeing miracles and signs and wonders works right into the devil's plan. He's got you right where he wants you. We've got to shake this. We've got to shake this off of ourselves. And in honesty, miracles shouldn't be a surprise to us. They should be a common occurrence. My healing shouldn't be a surprise to us. They should be a common occurrence. And we should rejoice every single time. John 14, 12, Jesus said, if you believe greater works, would you do? That's a promise that says to me, I have got to be hungry all the time for things of God. When I hunger for him, believe him, and believe the things that Jesus did, I can do that also. we got to get that hunger for miracles and signs and wonders. Exodus 33, 12 through 18, Moses refused to go anywhere without the presence of God. When's the last time you did that? God said, go. Moses said, nope, not without you. God, I'm not leaving my house today unless you go with me. God, I'm not, I'm not going anywhere unless you go with me. God, I am so hungry for your presence. I want to be a carrier of your glory. I want to be a carrier of your presence. God, I want every single person that I come into contact with to know that you are Lord and you are with me. God, I don't just want to go through the motions. I don't just want to go to work. I don't want to just go to the market or the gas station. God, I want you with me every single step of the way. And when you start to get hungry and not just say things like that, but actually believe them and actually receive them. God is going to start doing things in your life. We don't want to just go and sit in dead church services. We want the presence of God to be there more than just knowing that God is here and he is present. We want manifestations of the Holy Ghost. We want the power of God. We want to know beyond the shadow of a doubt that he has visited us. We don't want to just believe on truth that he's here. We want to see evidence. Just like the wind. I want to see the dust blowing. I want to see the leaves blowing. I want to see roofs ripped off. I want to see all sorts of things. I want to feel your presence and power without a doubt. But in order for this, we must choose a life of holiness. We must choose a life of holiness. And this is part of the sacrifice. This is part of the sacrifice that a lot of people just aren't willing to make. A lot of people have no problem believing. A lot of people have no problem shouting, I receive that. But when you say you've got to consecrate yourself 
and you've got to live a life of obedience and holiness, most people say, I'm out. Not for me. Because I like my sin too much. I like the world too much. I'm in the world. I'm not supposed to be of the world, but I kind of like being of the world too. We got to get off the fence. We got to get off the fence. Either get in or get out. Get in or get out. Choose this day whom you will serve. Pick a side. Pick a side already, will you? Pick a side. Quit playing for one team and then trying to go play for the other. Quit playing for one team on Sunday and go and trying to play for the other team all the rest of the week. Quit swearing your allegiance to one team on Sunday and then swearing your allegiance to the other team all week. Quit going behind God's back and running around on God. Quit committing adultery on God. We're the bride of Christ. And a lot of the bride commits adultery on him every single day. We got to pick a side. Pick a side. Hebrews 12, 14, without holiness, no one will see the Lord. If we don't do things God's way, it will be impossible for us to discern what God's doing or saying. I love what, what Bill Weiss said when he was here. He said, you know, he said, I, I explain people this way, that when they say, why would God send people to hell? He said, you don't, God didn't send people to hell. You made a choice to go there. Because God said, if you want to come to my house, if you have a house and you have certain rules in your house, and you say, we're not going to let thus and so in, and we're not going to let certain things in our house, if you try to bring these things in my house, you're not coming over. God works the same way. God said, this is not going to happen if you're going to be my child. This is not going to happen if you're going to be part of my community, of my family. This is not going to happen if you're going to come to heaven. And we've got to get that into our minds, uh, that God is giving us a choice every single day to walk in holiness uh, and to walk in righteousness uh, or to go the other way. And we have that choice every single day. But if we want to see the miracles and we want to see the signs and wonders, there's a lot that we have to lay aside in order for that to happen happen. Can I tell you, we don't see the signs and the wonders with this grace message that's being preached, with this sloppy grace message that's being preached. Can I tell you, sloppy grace is there when you need it, and it will cover you, but it will not consecrate you. The grace that Paul talks about is a lascivious grace. It's the kind of grace that stands on the street corner and says, use me. I'm free. It's that kind of grace. But that kind of grace message is not where we're seeing the miracles. The the miracles that were done in the days of old, in the days of Oral Roberts and Catherine Kuhlman and Amy Semple McPherson and A.A. Allen and all these other ministers, the miracles that were done under Smith Wigglesworth and Lester Summerall were all done under the preaching of a holiness message. There's the anointing. Holiness is the cornerstone to the miraculous, 2 Chronicles 16, 9. Holiness is the cornerstone to the miraculous. So we've got to believe. We've got to believe for miracles every single time. But it doesn't just mean 
that we believe on Sunday. We've got to start living right through the week. We've got to start living right. And we've got to start living the way that God said to leave. One common bond which linked every revivalist's ministry was the preaching of holiness. Every single revivalist through history. Revival started with the preaching of a holiness message. The Welsh Revival. The Azusa Street Revival. The Wales Revival. All, the, all these revivals. They, the Bible was preached with a holiness message. And there were revivals hundreds of years ago where George Whitefield would get up and preach a message and people would grab a hold of their pews because they felt like they were slipping into hell. And you know what? I'm not much for just scaring people into the kingdom. But I do believe we need to get back to a holiness message. We need to get back to a message that preaches right and wrong and declares right and wrong. When there are whole denominations saying, well, we're kind of changing our mind about this thing that the Bible says. When there are whole denominations that are standing behind the LGBTQ movement and the abortion movement, and they're saying, you know, we can kind of, we're, we're okay with that now. We weren't okay with it at one point, but we're okay with it now. What in the world is wrong with people? We got to get to a holiness message. We got to start preaching holiness again. And I'm going to close. But the final thing that we need to see the miraculous is compassion. Compassion. Along with a belief, along with holiness living, we got to have compassion. You know, compassion was what moved Jesus most of the time to heal someone. Even when Jesus fed the 5,000, the Bible said that he had pity on the people because they'd been there and they had a long way to go home. And so he had compassion. And we've got to start moving in compassion. We've got to start looking at situations. And instead of saying, well, that's just how they are. That's how they were raised. That's the situation that they were brought up in, so they should be able to change that. We've got to start looking at people with compassion. And I thank God that Jesus looked at me one day with compassion. And he didn't look at me and say, you know what, you filthy sinner, get away from me. He looked at me and he said, I love you. And we've got to start looking at people the same way. We've got to start having compassion on people. And I believe that we're going to start to see miracles burst forth in this place. And it's not just going to be a one-time thing. It's not going to be a little dabble, do you? It's not going to just be a drop here and a drop there. But we're going to start to see miracles happen in this place. Let me tell you something. If we're going to have revival, it's not going to be that we're going to have to put some speakers on the calendar and we're going to have to line things up and fly people in. If we're going to have real revival, it's going 
going to be because the presence of God is in this place and people are being changed and healed and delivered and set free. Can I tell you tonight, God wants it more than we do. God wants to touch this area more than we even want it. God wants to touch this church more than we even want it. And if we will start to believe and we'll start to accept what he has for us, if we'll start to proclaim it and we'll start to speak miracles and we'll start to believe God and we'll start to live the right way and we'll start to have compassion on people, I believe that the doors of this place aren't even going to hold the people, that we're going to have to knock down the wall and we might have to knock down the wall behind it and just use one long building because God wants to move in such a way that he is going to set people free like never before. He's going to heal people's bodies like never before. The presence of God will be so heavy if we'll start to seek it. But will you? Will you? Will we lay aside time? Or will we just hear a message and clap and go home and tomorrow we'll go about our day and Tuesday we'll go about our day and next week we'll come back for service and have the same thing. I want change. I want change. I'm tired of seeing people walk around in these bondages. I'm tired. My heart breaks. My heart breaks. I was on Facebook the other day and I saw some family members of some people that, that, that attend here doing some things. And I, I, my heart broke and I didn't even say anything to those people, but I thought, you know what, how, how they must feel. My heart breaks for the people who are bound up in this area. My heart breaks for the people who have lost loved ones to heroin addiction, who've lost loved ones to the people, to, 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 to drunk drivers. My heart breaks and I wanna see a change. I wanna see a change. You know what they say about this area? You know what they say about us? This is where preachers come to die. This is where preachers go to retire. Because of the, the spirits that are over the area have such a control. They don't realize that when they're saying that. But that's what they're saying. The spirits of drugs, the spirits of witchcraft and racism, spirits of addiction, perversion, all those spirits, they run rampant in this area. And I want to see those spirits run off like never before for my family, for your family. I don't want to see your, your young kids caught up in anything. I don't want to see our youth caught up in anything. I, I don't want to see any of it happen. I don't want to see one more person die from an overdose. But you know whose fault it is if those things happen? It's not the government. It's not the police. The church was placed in the earth to be the hands and feet of Jesus. And if things are taking place that we're not happy with, it's our job to do something about it. 
It's our job to press in the spirit. And so it's time. It's time to make a stand. Will you stand to your feet with me tonight? It's time. It's time to start believing for the miraculous. It's time to start believing for healing. And I don't know if you're in this place and you say, I've been feeling a stirring inside as well. I've been feeling a stirring inside as well. It's not, it's not enough. What we've been doing is not enough. What we've had is not enough. I'm just going to ask you to agree. Agree with me in prayer. And agree to start expecting miracles. I don't know what, what, it, what it's going to take for all of us to start believing together. But I, every single time we do a prayer line, every single time we do a prayer line, when people come up here, we should all be believing for their miracle as if it were our own. We should be believing for those healings as if they were our own, as if they were our own loved one. We should all be expecting. So in this place tonight, if you say, you know what? I'm going to agree together with you. I'm not going to ask anyone to come forward tonight for that. But I'd like for if you will agree, let's agree. Let's grab hands together with people in this place. And let's pray together and agree and start to expect the miracles that the Bible says are for us and are, for, are possible. Let's bow our heads tonight. Father God, in this place, we are done with the, the normal. We are done with what we've always had. God, we are fed up. And God, we want more. We want miracles. We want signs and wonders, God. Your word says it's for us, and so, God, we believe it's for us. We receive it tonight. And, God, we are expecting miracles, signs and wonders. Every single time we get together, every single time, God, every single day that we go out, Lord, we're expecting miracles, signs, and wonders. Wherever we go, God, let us be a walking example of what a miracle looks like. Let us be someone who will stop and agree and pray with people. Let us be people who are your hands and feet, God. Let us be little Christs. God, today in this place, we make a commitment to believe and expect God. But not only that, we don't stop there. We make a commitment, God, to live holy lives. We make a commitment, God, to not be satisfied with living one foot in the world and one foot out. God, we make a commitment to, to walk rightly, God, after you, according to your word. Purge us of unrighteousness. Purge us of unrighteousness cleanliness. Purge us of unholiness tonight, God, and help us to live in your kingdom totally, God. Tonight, Lord, we ask that you'd give us compassion. Help us to look at people the way that you look at people. God, not just look at people the way that we should see them, but God, the way that you see them. God, tonight, I pray that you would help us all to love the way that you love. And God, we're believing for miracles. We're believing for signs and wonders, not just once every 
once in a while, God, but every single time, every single time we get together, God, change our minds. Change our minds about what you've done and what you're going to do. God, cause us to be excited and anticipate every single time we walk into the church doors. Your service, God, your miracles, your signs and wonders, God. Tonight, Lord, we ask that you would seal this in us. God, let it not just be another message or a service that we came to, but God, seal it in us. February 24th, 2019 was a night, God, where you met with us and spoke to us about what we should believe for and what we should pursue. God, tonight, I pray for every single person in this place to hear your voice and hear it clearly. And now tonight, if there's anybody in this place who needs to be saved, if you say, I don't know the Lord Jesus, but I want to, I feel him tugging on my heart. I need to know him. I want you to repeat this prayer after me. Mean it with all your heart. Say, Father God, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I receive salvation that he paid for on the cross for me. Wash me in the blood of Jesus. Cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Fill me with the Holy Ghost and help me to live for you. I swear my allegiance to you tonight and I renounce everything else. Thank you for making me your child. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Somebody give the Lord some praise tonight in this place. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Caleb Schaefer podcast. If you would like to connect with Caleb, you can do so on Facebook at Caleb Schaefer Ministry, on Instagram at Caleb underscore Schaefer, or by visiting www.calebschaefer.com. If you have been encouraged, please share this podcast with your friends and loved ones. Once again, we appreciate you listening to today's episode and may God bless you as you continue to walk with Him.